athleticism at Cox. He can go on the number of third. 200 centimetres. You can't do that. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon footy club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone. Good to be back. The draft period is over. The rookie uh, draft was completed today. Uh, we'll go through the whole lot, uh, but we have online uh, one of our very, very good friends of the show, uh, Mr. Ed Pascoe from Rookie Me Draft and also will be the talent scout for the Oakley Chargers. How are you going, Ed? Yeah, good, mate. It's finally over. It's been a very, very long year, especially with the delays we've had this year with uh, the whole structure of it all. But, uh, yeah, f- finally good to see it all done and see all these kids that I've been following for so long finally get a chance on an AFL list. Yeah, it was um – yeah, you're right. It's it's seeing it's December, what tomorrow or something like that. It, it felt like a long period to wait uh, for the draft this year. So, and you know, when it's always juicier when you've got you know a top five pick coming through, then you know you've got some exciting father sons. You you know, well, when is they going to get bitted on? And there's so many kind of questions and debates. On who should we pick up? Should we pick up Sade? Should we pick up Philippu? Philippo, I should say. Uh, you know, how do we do this? Do we trade back? This oh, points. All- so we've got points. We <laughs> haven't got points. Have we got enough points? So there's a whole lot of talk, uh, but it's all wrapped up. Thank goodness for that. And what's your thoughts, Ed? For me, you know, we'll go into each player detail, but just as an overall thought, it felt like that what could have gone right did go right. Yeah, I think uh, going into that draft, I reckon that's exactly how we wanted to come out of it. Uh, getting, you know, an elite midfielder with the first pick, uh, being able to take our second selection and uh, use it on a player that's quality, and then a late bid on Alwyn and being able to take Jaden and and getting Mankara to go through the category B rookie, it's, you know, perfect, really. Yeah, it did seem that way, didn't it? Just uh, like you, you couldn't probably have scripted it better, or the outcome, and um, you know, we'll talk about the uh, the Alwyn Davy bid or the lack of for <laughs> up to forty five. Mm. Okay, so look, the obvious is the draft starts. We've got pick five, um, no trade. As much as the demons and the dogs and a few others tried to trade with us, it sounds like to me that because their picks was kind of like your 12 and 13 range, it was just too much out of the top end talent for them to, to really bite the bullet. So they end up picking uh, Elijah Sardis. Uh, and so tell us about Elijah, mate. Yeah, so he's one I've tracked for a fairly long time now. He's one I got to watch live for the first time uh, back in 2020, right before COVID hit. So I was watching the, uh, the under-16s and under-18s have their practice matches of that year. Uh, saw Elijah play in the under 16s and he was I came away from that game thinking he was phenomenal. I mean he played as your your, your main midfielder in there. He had Wardlaw beside him, but Wardlaw was the one who was the uh, understudy at that time and okay. yeah, I I remember as the second week going and already knew about him, thought I'd look at him even more and to half time he had 
over 30 possessions and that's in you know lowered quarters for under 16s as well mm. so being able to find the footy has been in his dna and um yeah like uh, in that under 16s as well that's when i first got to see Alwyn Davy live for the first time uh there's so, so many of those players that end up getting picked like your Blake Drury's and Max Krasuski's and of course Wardlaw so uh and Jefferson as well another high pick so that team looked like a really good team back then and uh Elijah just looked like an elite talent I mean he played uh as a bottom major in under 15 school football that was along with Ben Hobbs who was playing there at the time so obviously he's been tracked to be an elite player for a long time now and uh you know getting selected for AIS and he was captain of AIS that took on Collingwood VFL uh, this week as well. Vice captain of Oakley this year, uh, just has played at elite uh, elite level with Vic Metro and Vic Metro last year as well, even though he came off a collarbone injury earlier that year. So, uh, I mean, a- again, he may not be that big, strong inside midfielder that a lot of people really wanted. I mean, a lot of people wanted that Filippo for his, you know, marking ability going forward in his 190 centimetres. But, I mean, Elijah's, Elijah's uh, body of work for years now, just way too hard to pass up, I reckon, for the Dodoro and his team. You, Am I right in saying, I, from memory, I, I've got this funny feeling we spoke almost like this time last year and I said the question, like, who who's coming on in the next year's draft? I'm pretty sure if I went back to the tape, you had him almost ranked at number one around the 12 months ago. Uh, would that be right? I just feel like you read his name out and said, well, you, you got to look at this Sardis kid because he's he's amazing. Yeah, I've had him number one since I watched him in under 16. So he was one I had at number one for a long time. And uh, I, I did peg him down a bit slightly uh, this year. Uh, I had guys like Wardlaw who is just developed so much since then. I mean, he was a good player back in 16s, but he really came on uh, this year as well, even though he didn't get to play many games. I mean, Will Ashcroft, he's just an outstanding young talent as a midfielder. He's been another one who's played at elite level for a long time. And Cadman, his improvement's just been immense as the year's gone on. So I don't think any club recruiter would have had him as a potential number one pick going into this year. But um, yeah, I've still had Elijah as a top within that top five talent and a player. If he didn't get that foot injury this year, probably still would have been in the mix for North Melbourne's picks at pick two and three. What's, what is it about Elijah when you sum up his game? Why do you think he can find the footy so much? Is it IQ? What is about his game? That's so special. Um, I guess what are his strengths and, and and just a few things that maybe, like any kid, like Hobbs and, you know, all those, even McGrath's and all that, it, like what did, what do they would they want to work on in the AFL level? I mean, Elijah, the, the main thing that spoke to me when I saw him in under-16s is just how well he read the ball through taps. Like, they had a good ruckman at Oakley, but just every time it was tapped, he was just on the move, hitting it at pace, hitting it cleanly and just using his elite speed and agility to just burst away from congestion. It was really something something to behold, really, just the way he would just be gone in a flash. I mean, you look at someone like a Darcy Parrish, the way he just roves those taps and just gets those clearances. Sardis is a lot quicker than Parrish. So if you could get someone with the you know ability to win clearances like Parrish, but with that speed to even break away so far, then, I mean, he's that that's his real big thing that, 
he has the football nous, but he's also got that elite uh, speed and agility and and clean hands and uh, just he just looks outstanding in that area. Is it? I think the most probably fans, if we're being honest, probably mentioned his kicking. Some look, some some draft experts said he's no, his kicking's fine. How, how would you rate it? Uh, uh, there's a few little things with his kicking that he does have to work on. I mean, there's a few times around the ground where he'll kind of just kick off one step, probably just needs to punch through the ball a bit more. When he does punch through it, it certainly looks a lot better. But I wouldn't say there's anything wrong with the decisions he makes, especially inside 50. He tends to lower his eyes and pick the good options. I mean, a lot of the highlights you would have seen were him kicking inside 50, well-weighted kicks out to a leading forward. I mean, I think Sheezel was... uh, the recipient of like about three or four of those. I mean, mm-hmm. but he just gets so much of the ball on the outside as well, just through just knowing where to go. He's not an elite runner by any means. I mean, uh, uh, Alan Davey, I think, came close, if not beat him in the uh, 2K time trial at the end of the year. So, I mean, there's certainly a lot of work to do there. But um, I think he's kicking for a lot of players that play with speed and power. Uh, you don't see a lot of them also with that really good kicking. I mean, Dangerfield's another one who just every time you see him kick, he's just kind of running at full tilt and just banging it on the boot. And that was also a query of Dangerfield when he was coming through his draft year. So yeah, uh, I, I would say it, it's definitely something to work on. But uh, again, he's positives in the way he wins the ball. I don't think it's going to be as much of a difference mm-hmm. as long as he can still spot those kicks up on the outside going inside 50, which he has done this year. Okay. Now, this, <clears throat> excuse me, Ed. Um, last year we had this conversation and we were talking about the draft picks that we've got and the fact that their careers had been COVID-affected, meaning they, they hadn't been able to play much football. Um, they uh, might have even been in the year before that, or whatever it was, but um, they hadn't been able to play much football. Therefore, the clubs hadn't seen them do particularly much. So there was a bit of a gamble with regards to whom you pick because there's not that sort of body of work behind them to see like you just sort of described before with the progression of Sardis and the big change in ward law and the bigger change in Cadman. Um, is there any, is there any hangover of that now? Are we out of that sort of period where the clubs have enough of a body of work? They can see what Sardis has done. They obviously can see how quickly Cadman's improved and the likes of that. Is Are we out of that situation now? Uh, it's obviously not as much as you would have been. I mean, COVID did affect the under-16s for not having a proper national championships, uh, but there was still a couple of those uh, practice games that were on at the start of the year, and those do also get recorded as well. So clubs can go over footage of those practice games, and, yeah, they managed to get that at least. But, um, again, uh, this the, the crop that's coming up uh, – for next year's draft has had an under uh, an under 16s comp and um should be you know good to go uh even last year with the 17s even though there was a few games they couldn't play there was a, a like a mini championships of sorts where they had Vic Metro and Vic Country playing against each other i mean that's where Ward Law and Sardis also got to play in that um and uh, i think Sardis also got to play a game for Oakley's under 18s last year as well so they that it's not that there's not much, but definitely not as much as there usually would be. Okay. And then just a supplementary question. In a, in a completely unaffected career of a kid like Sardis, like starting now, how many games 
actual games of football, does a recruitment team get to see a, a, a likes of Asatis play before they have the, before they make a decision to draft him? Um. Well, uh, is it two dozen games? Is it nine games? Is it? Uh, it it can depend. I mean, o- Oakley for the most part is you know a very big club. They have always have a lot of good players, so you're always going to get recruiters at those games. Mm. And the other thing as well is he also plays school football at Wesley, so the APS competition. You get a few there. I mean, this year on his first game back from his foot injury, I was at Wesley College and. Uh, Rob Force or not was at the game as well, watching on. Okay. So okay. they're definitely getting people out to these. Uh, a lot of them, they, they track them fairly early on and they'll, they'll have uh, all these other different recruiters get to these games. I mean, I remember seeing a fairly large contingent of the Essendon guys at a school game last year. Like I went into that school game just going after the, just having a quick look at uh, Edwards, who ended up being the number one mid-season pick for North Melbourne. And we had a whole team there. I mean, we were never going to be able to pick Edwards there, but obviously... May have been a few other players that we wanted to look at there. I mean, um, there's one player who did play in that game who was a 16-year-old who's going to be in 18s next year in Nathan Philosides, who's an Oakley Chargers player. So he could be one to look out for if we've done the work on him since then. Yeah, okay. So overall, we're obviously happy with Sardis. He's obviously at the club today. Uh, already met the guys, even did a light run. Um now the he is one hundred and eighty six. Even to even today he was he always tries to sell his package, but he it's like one hundred eighty six. Oh, one hundred eighty six, one hundred eighty seven. You know, yeah. so uh, is he, is he listed as one hundred eighty six? Yeah, one hundred eighty six on the dot. On the dot. Uh, he yep, and he hasn't moved at all since March either. So I'm not even though he is a later birthday, I'm still not sure he will grow that much in height. But the one thing he does have to grow into is his upper body. I mean, there's it looks like still a good a lot frame. That, that, yeah, yeah. There's a he's always been a very skinny, skinny looking kid. Uh, so that he's never been, even though he's been a dominant young player, he's not been one who's just been bigger than all the kids. So he's been dominant. He's you know he's just done it because he's just a naturally gifted player and just super, super quick. So uh, do you know if he has an yeah. athletics background to to warrant yes. his? He does. Okay. Yeah. He, he he did really well in the hurdles at uh at APS level, and we have a certain someone who did really well at that. Uh, McGrath, who went right? at pick McGrath, one yeah. just a few yeah. years ago. Yep, exactly. So um, he's definitely got those uh, athletic chops to him. I mean, look, we don't want him to get too big. If he's going to be that outside mid for us, I mean, he's he's got to get an AFL body, but we don't want him too big, mate. Let's keep that speed. Yeah. Um. The the thing is, though, he's already got a bit of you know, muscle in his legs. That's where he gets a lot of that speed from. Yeah. So I think he could afford, like Dangerfield, because Dangerfield was also fairly fairly light on when he first started. He was like 83 kilo, and now he's quite a bit heavier now and still has that same explosive speed. So, but he will, if he's going to play more inside, he will need to develop that upper body just a bit more, just yeah. to be able to, you know, cop the cop the hits that yeah, you have sure. to do sure. week in, week out. So, you know, maybe it's not adding another 15 kilo or so. I mean, he's 78 kilo at the moment, but uh, definitely should be aiming for, you know, around that 90 kilo range when all is said and done. Yeah, mid to high 80s, 90, yeah, that'd be great. And what he, he – so am I right in saying he played six games? Because uh, I was talking about six games, five best on grounds, and he won the BNF. Is that, is that Did I hear that right? Yep. So um, uh, only the six games of NAB League. I mean, he also played – the one game for Vic Metro, the one AOS game, and a few 
full games as well. But uh, yeah, just the six Napoli games was easily best on in five of those six. And he had the most disposals in the game. He wasn't best on as well. So it's not <laughs> like he... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not like, like he was that downer. bad in that game either. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, he was fifth best to fourth best. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, not sorry, sorry, uh, first best to second best. But um, but yeah, he's just always just found a lot of the ball. I mean, early in the season, he was playing mostly on the wing. So to to get a lot of the ball on the wing at junior level is hard because you have to a lot of the time really rely on your team winning a lot of the ball. But he just still found a way to win a lot of it. But when he did go onto a more permanent role in the midfield in the later, when he came back from injury, he was still getting that 30 to 35 to almost 40 possessions. I mean, he's probably his best game was the one he had on his comeback game in the NAB league against Sandringham, the eventual premiers against the likes of McKenzie and Ashcroft. He had something like 38 disposals and 13 inside fifties. So <laughs> playing as a permanent on baller. So yeah, he's definitely got that in his wheelhouse. Okay. Wow. Okay, yeah. So look, it's, it's pretty exciting, isn't it? Uh, it's he's got the number five, uh, so he's he's already got the uh, he's already got the number that uh, that speaks very highly at the club, um, thanks to Stanton. Uh, so uh, yeah, so uh, and no one else. Uh, no, no, I don't know who the hell you're talking about. I'm talking about Brent Stanton. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, look, um, we obviously then uh, nervously waited on the second night, the start for our twenty fifth uh, pick. Thank goodness no one um, put a bid on uh, good old Alwyn Jr. So then we picked up Lewis Hayes, a 199-centimetre defender. So I must admit I don't know too much about him. Uh, I know his brother, but can you tell us a bit about him? So first of all, as a player, I mean, he's one that uh, has also been a bit talked about for a couple of years as well. He did uh, represent Vic Metro last year in the uh, under-17s. He's uh, always been fairly tall. But he, he just keeps growing as well. I mean, he measured it just over 197 in March and is right on the cusp of 199 at the end of the year and okay. was born in – and has yet to turn 18. He turns 18 in oh, December. Okay. He could go to so, He's going to go easy uh, over 200. I, I reckon he'll go over 200. His older brother who's at Port Adelaide is 204 centimetres. Oh, and okay. I, reckon he'll, I reckon he'll get pretty close to that. But, yeah, he just looks like a natural key defender. He, he reads the play really well. He's a good, he's a good mark. Uh, uh, also took a lot of the kickouts for Eastern Rangers as well. So he's a very dependable player with ball in hand. Uh, of course, that frame is going to need some work. I mean, he's, what, uh, what, 80 kilos. So definitely some size to put on there. But his older brother's at, sitting at 104 kilo right now so yeah. he's obviously his genetics he will be able to add a bit of muscle on and still be okay i mean he also got under three seconds for the 20 meter sprint which is uh pretty elite so for a closing player speed for a defender will be good too yeah okay yep yeah so he's he's shown most of his chops as an intercept defender more so than a stopper but i mean that's how you get on the radar as a key defender in in the juniors like not many not many recruiters are after pure key defenders who just do the stopping. I mean, you've got to be able to do both, especially in the modern game. So uh, he should, he, he has a lot of what Zach Reed had, a lot of composure, good size, a lot of uh, upside about him and just a good character as well. Uh, from what I've heard from interviews and all that, he's just a really great kid and really switched on. Okay. That, that, there was some talk that he actually played uh, a bit more junior because of his sudden spike in height he was actually playing more midfield at some stages like a couple of years ago would that would that be right 
Uh, I haven't heard that, but um, if he's anything like his his brother, even younger as well, I mean, he he would have probably played a all other positions as well with his height. Like, I, I, I doubt he had a, like, even though he's had a growth spurt, I doubt he would have been, like, super, super small and went up. He just would have been, yeah. you know, tall to taller. <laughs> so I must admit, when you see you see him, the, the, the few sort of limited clips of him, there is a touch of Dustin Fletcher about his game and it, and it feels like he has a knack of, of knowing when to leave his man and it's a large and, call, and, Scotty. It's and a intercept. large call. But yeah, it actually looks a bit like Mason Fletcher, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I know it's a large call, and, and we only say that just for saying who does he play similar to. We're never going to say he's going to play four hundred games like. But is that right? I just got the sense of when this feels a bit Fletchery. Well, uh, in my tweet about when we uh, when we picked him up, that is exactly the player I compared him to. So. Uh, yeah, I reckon there's definitely a little bit of Fletch in the way he goes about. I mean, Fletcher was known for his, you know, great kicking, intercept, and although Wiry was still able to, you know, stop other defenders. So, I mean, forward, sorry. But, um, yeah, he's – there's a few other players you could probably compare him to. I mean, Zach Reed, who I just said before, is probably another similar type of player. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he's definitely – I think – although I, I do rate Co- Cody Brandon, Josh Eyre as, as young players – Hayes is far, far ahead in terms of output that they showed at junior level. And okay. the fact that Hayes is going to get over 200 centimetres as well, uh, it just adds to that more. We're, we're looking more quality-wise in that in that kind of frame. And uh, I, I do hope that, that Brand and Josh Air do uh, keep going at it. I mean, they're still fairly young. They're 20 years old, uh, still tall. They've still got a little bit to them. I hope that we still try to look at them on their VFL list and just see how they develop. But um, yeah. and hopefully Josh Hare plays forward because I do prefer him as a forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you see him sort of being a project player? Not a project, sorry, that's, that's incorrect. It, do you think he can make any impact at AFL level next year or is he going to take a bit of a time to develop? I think it will take him a time, bit of time to develop. I mean, we're already seeing Zach Reed who can't really get a game because he's a little bit light-bodied at the moment, and especially with some of the real big key forwards that you're coming up against. I mean, he he did play on uh, Harley Reed, who's a good junior for next year for bits, and and kind of struggled with him, even though he's a shorter player because of that stronger size. So okay. he'll definitely he'll definitely need some time before he's playing AFL level. But um, after you know a couple of years, he could be right to go. A bit like how Ridley was. I mean, Ridley was another who was super skinny when he first started. I mean, yeah. So a similar situation there. He's going to take a while. I wouldn't expect him to play uh, any games next year in the seniors. Okay. In your rankings, where did you where did you have him? Uh, I had him at twenty. So I still okay. had him in that top twenty mark. So uh, when I, when you're picking at twenty five, I've gone. Yep, that's probably a, about where he should be taken. And yeah, you can't really complain with that. Well, I tell you what, let's go to a break because uh, after the break, we're going to go on to, it, weirdly, a very, very exciting part of the draft. Uh, obviously, pick five and pick 25 is usually like, wow, let's talk about that. But there is an unusual draft this year where the next three people coming in are just as excited. Everybody wants to know. We'll, we'll come back after the break and talk with that with Ed.
Welcome back to Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, after the pick five, pick 25, um, which, again, all the other clubs very handily didn't bid on uh, for us, which allowed us to pick up that pick 25, um, we then moved to the second night. Again, well, it's still on the second night. Um, and the Davy brothers are firmly in uh, the Doro's sights. Yeah, it's... Uh we're all waiting for the bid, even after twenty five. But uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll get you to talk around this about why he may not have been bidded at forty five. But Dodoro mentioned on SEN today that look, the reality is, it felt like he was kind of saying, look, the reality is, once they didn't bid after twenty five, there was kind of no, probably most list managers thought like there probably wasn't no point. There was no, you know, is like he was going to Essendon. Uh, we had the picks to cover him, so they. He felt like maybe most likely the other clubs just then just focused on what they want uh, and the players that are available to them, uh, and that's my. But he was adamant. He's saying no, no, this kid's this kid's top twenty, um, but you know he was very very happy. So Davy finally Hawthorne bid on him at pick forty five. Um, we match the bid. You see the emotional scenes, and that's why you love the father son rule when you see that vision. Um, of his dad and 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 Alwyn just hugging and 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 in tears, that's why it's a it's a thing that should always be uh, part of the uh, AFL landscape. Yep. We then pick up Jaden Davy. Uh, so look, we'll start with Alwyn at forty five. Tell us about Alwyn and his year today. Yeah, so Alwyn's just been uh, been going from strength to strength as the year went on. I mean. I didn't go into the year thinking he would be as good as he did this year, even though I still rated him top 20 before the season started. Uh, just mostly on his upside and what he is capable of. Like The things he can do are things that a lot of other players in the draft could not. I mean, seeing him go that late with a bid was ridiculous, to, to be perfectly honest. So <laughs> on talent, he's definitely better than that. In the open pool... A player takes him top twenty, and there's no doubt about that. I mean, the two player, the three players that got bid on in that top twenty, uh, in that ten to twenty range, I would have Davy ahead of them uh, quite comfortably for myself. So, okay, uh, we'll, we'll see. You know what happens with that, but I mean, Davy's just 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 so exciting. I mean, he's so clean, uh, he's so quick and agile. He thinks through the game really well, takes the game on, uses the ball well by foot. Uh, can play, you know, played mostly midfield this year. Actually hasn't played a lot of forward, even though we, we already think, you know, he's the son of Alwyn. He's going to be your small forward and that there you go. But to, he's actually played his best football as a midfielder. So he could be another, you know, classy midfield type, like a Shane Edwards Shane at Richmond Edwards, did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a similar type of player that can really impact in the midfield, but also, you know, go forward like uh, Shea Bolton would be another type of player in that mold. So... Uh, his upside's enormous, and I, although I don't expect him to play too much senior football next year, I still think he's got a bit to go with his uh, with his tank. But um, uh, on on talent, he's one of the more exciting small smaller players that I can remember us drafting. He had one game uh, from memory. He had around about twenty six disposals, and 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 a lot of people were talking about after. Were you at that game? Uh, I've been at a lot of Alwyn's games, but I can't recall which ones <laughs> so, exactly. But um, is there one that sticks out that you went, oh, you know, this kid, he really is special? Oh, sh- gee, question um, without notice. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he probably he's. I think he did have something around those 
disposals. It was a Vic Metro uh, trial game. Uh, he just found so much of the ball and just used it so well, tackling pressure, just you know, everything I was hoping for from him as to play midfield. Just because the, the the games before then, he was getting, you know, between 10 and 20 possessions, you know, not winning that much, even though he's playing as a main on baller, mostly because of his tank. But um, when he got like 20-something disposals in that game, he just, I went, wow, actually, if he keeps going the way he's going, we might be in a bit of trouble with bidding here. So, um, mm. and, and then, yep, he followed that on, played Vic Metro all their games, Played pretty well there. Uh, got was a late call up to the AIS, and when when he was a late call up to that, I knew, yeah, yeah, this is he's going to be a really good player. But even at the start of the year, I thought he should have been uh, in the in the academy for for the from the to start with, and wasn't added to it. But there was a few players that were like that. I mean, Cadman, who wasn't originally in it at all, ended up going pick one. So sometimes you can't get everything out of that. But um, mm. yeah, just. There's been so many moments in games that just stick out to me more so than one game in particular. Just one game against Eastern Rangers, I think Sardis had something like 42 disposals in that game. But uh, Alwyn, <laughs> with this chase-down tackle, was just brilliant. It just like shades of his father just and caught a guy who was quick. But the guy he caught is a quick little player, and he just went, nope, just chased, <laughs> chased him down like in a, in a flash and... Uh, the whole crowd loved it, and it's just like, yep, that's what he offers that no other player in this draft can. And that, the other interesting thing Scott was sort of telling me is that, and you, you just sort of mentioned that then, Ed, is that <clears throat> you could probably put him in a forward pocket and he's going to be very sort of effective down there and like his father and stuff. But I think one of the other real talents that he that he brings is that he, in time, if he like you said, if he can lift that tank, he'd be more than capable of being that X factor in the middle for us as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, just being a player that can play forward and mid, I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge uh, uh, feather in his cap as well. Like, uh, as good as some pure small forwards are, if you're able to go through the midfield and influence there as well, mm. I mean, that's that's a great thing. Absolutely. Does he? Um, do you think he has the skill set to actually possibly play some senior footy next year? I think he does. Just through what he brings is so different and mm. because he is imp- his tank is just improved out of sight as the year's gone on he played a full season without getting injured played a lot of midfield time played every school game possible played all Vic Metro played the trials played all NAB league uh, like he's played a lot of football this year and it, it's a testament to him that you know it's almost like he played enough for Jaden it's like he knew every time he went out there, yeah. I've got to just bring my best every week and just keep going and keep going, play all the games I can uh, because, you know, Jaden would love to be out there. Yeah. Uh, well, it's look, it's obviously very, very exciting. Um, uh, obviously, we'll go to Jaden, pick 54. Uh, it felt very obvious that we're going to select him at pick 54. Yeah. But still, just to have both of them come on um, and seeing the whole family celebrate. Jaden now Jaden's a little bit different because he's got such a uh, an injury plagued uh, junior Start junior three, yeah. yeah junior history so very limited vision very limited games you've seen him at a quite a young junior level tell us a bit about him and uh, th- is he left footer right yep so he's a left footer like the old man and of course Alwyn's the right footer what sucks is I haven't seen him live I haven't seen Jaden play live and there's 
been at times where I really wanted to go live and just couldn't. I mean, there was one, a few games you got to play last year, but due to due to COVID restrictions, you, they couldn't have you know people attend, and yeah. geez, that that frustrated me a bit. But um, you know, he's uh, just something special about him. Like I really hope the ACLs haven't damped his speed too much because he is lightning quick. Like uh, his first few steps is as good as you'll you'll see it. Like elite, just when he when he gets the ball, he's gone. He's just near impossible to catch. He's clean. Uh, he, he can be pretty tough as well. Uh, like he can. He, he's even played at other positions as well. He's played as a midfielder. I've seen him play at half back, and he kind of reminds me of like a Nick Hind and how he's able to just duck and weave and just puts the afterburners on, uh, take players on. So that that's his that that's his big thing is just his pure speed, like and as a small forward he knows what to do. I mean the modern small forward now you've got to be able to hit the scoreboard and put on pressure and with his speed and just natural football now, so like he'll be able to offer that in spades. So uh, a lot of people at Oakley felt that he is even more talented than Alwyn, and considering I rate Alwyn as a top twenty talent, that just shows how. How good Jaden could be! Wow. Okay. <clears throat> so he, he will be strictly a small forward, won't he? That's that's his. That's the difference between him and our one. The our one can go up the ground, and Jaden is is very much like his dad. Like you said, he's. It he, he feels like he's very much that really crafty small forward. Yeah, I think that's where Jaden plays most of his footy at the next level. But it's not also not like he hasn't played those other positions before. Like I said, he has played a bit of midfield and a bit of down back. So. Uh, it's not that he can't play those positions. It's just that he just has all the weapons you want out of a small forward. Like, yeah. It just, it, it just don't know why you'd play him elsewhere, really. And that same sort of closing speed as Alan? Oh, yeah, even more so. Okay. I mean, they they're cl- they're, they <clears throat> have got that from their old man. like In just, spades. In spades. Like, <laughs> they, they, they are quick. Like, they're, they're as quick and then there's the Davy boys. <laughs> oh, jeez. You're getting us excited, Ed. Um, where, where's his knee at? Like, where, is, he, is he up and about running now or has he still got a lot of sort of sit-down rehab to do? Uh, I think he's been he's doing a bit of, like, walking around at least. I mean, I've seen him without any strapping or anything with his knee, uh, just watching on with Alwyn. So I, th- I think he'll be okay to start. If he hasn't started running already, I think he'd be very, very close to it. I mean, Dodora has come out and said they're going to take a very cautious approach with him, which is the mm. right thing to do. I mean, right now we have quite a bit of small forward depth now. Uh, you know, we've got Menzies coming who looks like he's going to be a really good small forward. Mm. Uh, Snelling, hopefully, with all these injury hiccups behind him from this year, can get a spot. You've got Guelphie there. Uh, you've got Wanganine um, yeah. as well with another yeah. preseason. He, he, he's going to be good. So there is no, you know, we don't need to rush Jaden out there. So uh, we'll just see what happens with him. And um, hopefully by the end of the year, he's playing some VFL footy and given, you know, given the essence support of something to really uh, get excited about. Excellent. Yeah. So obviously uh, pick 59 comes up. We pass a lot. I think people will get a like, <gasps> what about Moncova? Um, but uh, what actually happens is um, Dodoro, which he illustrated afterwards, said um, that Mankara actually has got a phone call from the club, li- already been listed as a Category B rookie. Uh, that was confirmed uh, today through, uh, you can see everyone saw the tweet that uh, Essendon put out confirming Anthony Mankara. 
very interesting player. Uh, so this reminds me almost of the first time we got Tip and Woody, you know, that kind of you have to expect that the VFL program is going to be his source of development for a couple of years. Uh, possible, you know, I think you do say he is a project player and I that's how it's de- been described to me. But if you wanted to say, does the kid have talent? Oh, my goodness, does he have talent? It's just you've got to... You've got to build that up and you've got to get him to AFL ready and, and his training and everything like that. Um, but tell us about Anthony Mancaro because there's a lot to be excited about, but there's that cautious, like, there's a lot to tick off as well. Yeah. Uh, just just before we get into Mancaro, I got a little bit of news out of Essendon that uh, Nick Martin has been the player that's been elevated to the senior list. Oh, well, so that's okay. a good, good reward for him for his season. So Absolutely. Uh, that's what opened up a rookie pick for what we'll get to eventually. But uh, on to Mankara, I mean, I've got, I was very lucky to be able to see him live uh, versus the AIS Academy, uh, no, with the AIS Academy against Collingwood's VFL side. And there are a few highlights of what he did there. And I think the main one is him just completely saying nope to someone trying to tackle him and have a, <laughs> you know, shot at goal, which was marked on the line. It was going in. I was right on that flank. I was right there, like in the best spot. All of us just what? The whole little rookie me team there just what went oh here we go, <laughs> I saw, oh, look, here we go. I'll, sh- I'll show Grant soon but uh, I saw a vision of that today that would have been one of the best goals you would ever want to see in your life and it, literally his teammate touches it on the goaler uh, but oh, yeah his teammate no uh, <laughs> no it was it wasn't his teammate his oh, teammate it? no no his teammate didn't do a good enough job of uh, oh of, Shep- of okay. uh, doing it and that that same teammate should have handballed to Alan Davy in that game for an easy goal too but missed a shot so. Oh, I don't think many recruiters were happy with that young player. But uh, anyway, Mankara in that game, just I went, wow. Yeah, this kid's a top 20 talent. And uh, he went into my top 20 rankings as as soon as that game had played. But uh, as soon as that game was played, uh, he had an absolute shocker uh, playing for the Allies in, in their first game and wasn't seen since. Didn't play a single game after that. So... Uh, obviously, he had a few issues with his body and with some things at home, and that would have also put a few clubs off knowing, oh, yeah. can we be confident that if we take him, things are going to go okay? And, I mean, at the end of the day, we now, with hopefully with the addition of, you know, Rioli to the board, we're putting in a bit more effort into really helping these Indigenous players. Uh, you've got, you know, we've picked up the Davy boys as well. Tip Moody's come back, so you would hope that he's got the right infrastructure around him because on in terms of just pure talent i mean he's just unreal like he's about 187 centimeters play small like he's the his ability at ground level is just elite like he just knows how to read the read read it off the off the pill he just picks it up like you wouldn't believe kicks left foot right foot 50 meters with ease uh can jump as well so he's a even though he's like 187 he's small medium probably because he is so good overhead but his ability at ground level is fast, fast surpasses most players of his height. So, yeah, I heard, yeah. I heard a, a quote. I heard, uh, I think it was Harmit Singh, maybe the NGA, who was our NGA kind of development kind of coach and and mentor. But he was noting that you know, there's simply things that this kid can do that no one in the draft can come close to doing. Uh, and that's the excitement part. He really likes the kid. You can tell he's really cheering him on. Um, I think the the positive is is 
him staying at uh, Tip and Woody's house for a week and, and having that connection. And I think in an interview he discussed about Tip and Woody's uh, mentorship over the year and talking about AFL footy. And um, so there's that thing there. I, I, I felt like because a few people asked me why wasn't he bitted on or anything like that. I just think it was so overwhelming, his communication, that he needed to go to Essendon, almost like needed to, not wanted to, mm. um, that it was probably just almost, <laughs> it's not, I won't say tampering, but it was, it was It was almost like clubs just went, there's no point, there's, you know, because cause of his history and, and and situation, it was like I reckon other clubs just went, no, nah, we're just going to get him to, we'll just get, let him go to Essendon um, because that's, that's just the way, just reality of where things are at, and um, so it's look. It's really exciting. You, I, I was looking on even Facebook. I follow him on Facebook and see his whole family and cousins and all that, just so excited and celebrating. And um, it is, you know, the uh, the VFL program is actually going to be quite an exciting program. It's going to be huge early in the year, just to see there's some raw talent. Now, do you know um, whether he's I know it sounds funny, but do you know, do we know whether he's fit? There was a there was a there was a story that he he's just still getting over a few minor injuries, but getting close. But do you know? Would you know where whereabouts his body's at? Uh, well, uh, during the the combine, which I attended for the two uh, K time trial, he um he didn't finish it. Uh, I didn't see exactly what happened, but he was in the hands of two trainers uh, limping off. So. I did. I heard from someone that said he may have done a hamstring while he was doing that. I'm not 100% sure. But, uh, yeah, he definitely did something during the 2K run because he seemed to be doing okay with it, actually. So, um, uh, yeah, that I think he, he should be fine, though, by the time we get into it because I, I doubt they're going to just rush him in regardless. They're not going to rush him into doing all the heavy running and yeah. all that nonsense and that. So, yeah, <laughs> that, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they won't be expecting that from him, I don't think. so. You think it'll uh, be a slow build? Yeah, exactly. Can um, he, could he pinch a like? Could he pinch a game late in the in the year, like just to to give him a chance, give him throw him a, something to see what it's like to play at AFL? Uh, perhaps. Um, the, the, one of the other things he probably needs to work on a bit more is he's just uh, sometimes his head can be a bit up in the clouds, and he's just not fully committed. Uh, to like pressure and actually going in and, and winning the hard ball at times. Like when he's on, he's really on and he's exciting. But when he's off, it can be a bit frustrating. So I could see, uh, you know, the, the the coach wanting to be comfortable that they know they're going to get his 100% when he goes out there. And he might just have to work just that bit harder for that. Okay. Yeah. Kit, look, just moving on. Uh, today at three o'clock, uh, it was announced the the rookie draft. We had pick four. Tell us who we selected, and 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 um, it look he's a bit of an unknown to I think most people. Um, but can you tell us the basics about him anyway? Yeah, he was a little bit of an unknown to me as well. I mean, uh, as you know, I'm a bit more focused on the junior players rather than the mature age types. But yeah. uh, you, you, you can. You better believe in the in the time that it's taken that we've been picked. I've been looking through some footage and <laughs> going through uh, or some people who have watched him because we do have a fairly large contingent of uh, SA watchers uh, at Rookie Me. So uh, a lot of them do really great work. So they seem to really like what he what he's capable of. But going through the vision of him, he. he oh, by the way, al- sorry, sorry, just quickly, I I didn't say his name, Rhett Montgomery. Sorry, <laughs> uh, so R H E double T, not Brett. Sorry, Rhett Montgomery. So just sorry, I, I realised I didn't say his name, but go on. 
Yeah. Um, I would expect he's going to play a, a Jake Kelly type of role from what, what I've seen. He's about that 190 centimetre mark. Uh, he he looks to be a really good in the air. Like he's, his hands overhead just look sticky. Like he just marks the ball really well. But nearly every other thing I see, if he's on a direct player, he's right up them. Like he's right behind them, able to spoil. He's got fairly, even though he's 190, he's got fairly, looks like he has a fairly good reach. So he looks like the type who'd be out and, and good speed as well. So he tested fairly well for speed and agility at the uh, at the state combine. So he's obviously got the athletic traits. He's at a nice size, can defend and also, you know, take marks as an interceptor. I mean, you've got to be able to do that these days. You can't just be a pure stopper. You've got to have just that little bit more about you in the modern yeah, game. And um and again, he's 22, so it's not like he's, he's, a, crazy old, tw- he's not a 25, 26-year-old who's right in their prime. Uh, he's, you know, he hasn't been in the elite system yet. Give him maybe two years uh, at Essendon. Whether he plays senior football or not next year is kind of irrelevant, but he does look like the type who could definitely slot in if we have a few injuries there. I reckon he's addition, especially when you've got Kelly there as well. I reckon that might spell the end of Heppel playing down back, and I think Heppel will play a bit more on, on that wing. Uh, and yeah. I think that's probably for the best as well. I think I think for the modern game, especially with your wingmen, you need wings who are you know good overhead, can run both ways. And, and down back, you need players with a bit of speed and can either really lock down or really offer some speed off halfback, which Heppel just doesn't have either of those at the moment. Yeah. But he does yeah. have what modern wingmen have at the moment. So that's probably the role I'll be expecting him from. So I think a mature age player is a good fit for the list as well. I I think we've picked enough young players over the last few years that we should be looking to give these mature ages a chance that have been doing well at at their local level. I mean, it worked with Nick Martin. It worked with Will Snelling. Uh, It's amazing how some guys who just needed that little bit of a you know, give him a chance, give him a go, and they could he could come on to be a really, really good player for us. He's, he's at least got some tools there that you could really work with. Great. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging eight marks a game. So, you know, he's obviously – the marking the marking of it you felt like was his clear strength. Um, well, and it sounded like, you know, he had a bit of a breakout year. So, obviously, we've noticed that. And, uh, look, it's uh, – I, I don't want to – you don't want to say it like you're putting the guy down, but you, I actually thought today, and whether it's right or wrong, but I actually thought 22 years old and a bigger body, we probably just need a bit of a hand in the VFL as well, just not to be so young uh, that actually have a few uh, maturer guys and bigger bodies just in, you know, who do play quite a bit of VFL. And, you know, obviously he wishes he plays AFL, and if he's a gun, then go go for it. But just to having a, a little bit more age I guess, balance throughout the group um, that can, that, you know, because I watch the VFL and sometimes you feel like they're just too young. They're getting, they're getting beaten up physically and just need a few more bigger bodies just and experience to, just to help them out. So I didn't mind the pick. Uh, a lot of, I mean, we've obviously got quite a few defenders, but uh, with the saddest pick, I, you feel like the midfield's kind of set. Like it, it's, it's because you, you're kind of loosely adding in a possible Perkins as well uh, to that. And then you got Hobbs who uh, last year, and then you got the, the, the ray of midfielders with the Colwells and Merritts and all those. Um, so, you know, adding Setterfield as a bigger frame. So you feel like after this draft, I don't know what your thoughts and I'll ask you, Ed, it felt like, okay, the, the list holes aren't as obvious this time 
around this year. Now, you could say that, you know, Wiedemann and that may not play as well or they could surprise, but just the just the shape of the list, you go, okay, forward, mid, back, that's as, as good as I've seen it for a while as far as depth and, and talent coming through. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the amount of players as well that I saw go undrafted as well, that there's a lot of talent there as well. So spots are tight for a lot of uh, AFL clubs at the moment. So... Uh, and we're no different. We've got, like, there's not many players I look at this list and go, oh, geez, I wish they weren't on the list or they're uh, they're really struggling at the moment. I mean, there's, like, a lot of the players that you're a bit iffy on that you know won't play, they're young players. They're not expected to yeah. play senior football anyway. So yeah. it's, yeah, like, you look at the age of, like, the, the forwards. Like, we've had Mankari young, Jaden Davey young, Alan Davey young, Menzies still young, Wanganin still young, Uh so the four and the four line, like the young guys as well, you've got Jones and Baldwin and Voss. I mean, it's a young forward line we've still got there. So yeah, I, I wouldn't mind if we're if we've added, you know, all these other defenders that Stewart goes forward a bit more. I do rate him more as a forward than as a defender, but because you also look at the list make up down back, it's still still fairly young as well with McBride, Hayes, Reed. Uh, I mean, Zerk Thatcher and and Laverty and Ridley, they're not that old. I mean, they're still, you know, on on the. They've got more years left than they do that they've played. Uh, Redmond's yeah. still fairly young. McGrath's young. Uh, D'Ambrosio, he's still very young. Uh, Lord, so, uh, and even our rucks, Strapper and Phillips. I mean, not Phillips, Strapper and uh, and Brian. Just, mm. and a lot of them have talent. So, the, the list is there now and and ready to that. When we go into the period next year, we've got the money. This is where we should be going. Okay, these second and third round picks we've got, do we really need them? Let's start getting them out. Let's start getting some mature talent in. Focus on areas that we really need to improve for the now to let the young players develop in the VFL. Yeah, let your Hayes, let your uh, let your Mankaras and them really develop in the twos and pick a ready-made forward or a ready-made you know key defender. Yep. For the then and now, if we're starting to really push up into that top eight frame, I was going to ask you how would how would you see the next draft? Which, uh, from all reports, there's this really strong draft coming through. How would you see S? Well, how would you want Essen to approach it? You're now I'm, I'm, you're probably a firm believer in keeping your first pick, but say if a a really big player comes available, how how, how would you approach it? Uh, if a, if we, uh, I doubt that we'll be that bad next year, but if we had a top five pick, n- under no circumstances am I trading that pick. I mean, the top five players for next year are just as good, like better, probably better than the top five of this year. I mean, you've got Harley Reid, who looks an absolute gun, just fend-offs for fun, 184 centimetres, can mark and play forward, can play back and play middle. You've got young Nick Watson, who is 169 centimetres small forward, but one of the best small forwards I've ever seen at junior level. Okay. He's just got he's got swagger. He's got absolute class. Can kick fifty meter barrels. He's just an insanely confident and likable kid. And uh, I reckon he'll be probably the first top ten pick that's under one hundred and seventy centimeters. Okay. And if he doesn't go top five, there's some players that have really pushed up. If he's not, like he's going to be your. Uh, Toby Green style of absolute star small forward. Oh, like I'll, I'll put my name to that one. Okay. But, uh, D- 
Dan Curtin is another really good key defender. 195 centimetres can also play forward. Just an intercept marking machine. Just marks everything. Good left hook kick. Uses the ball well. Got best on ground in the under-17s All-Stars game that they had. Uh, you've got Zane Dersmer, the younger brother of uh, of the Dersmer that's at Port Adelaide. He's a star. He's think Sheasel, but quicker and taller. Like he is an unreal talent that can play forward and through the midfield. And finally, I'll, I'll add this one little one there. Will Lawrence, who's an Oakley Chargers boy, really skillful player, left footer, can play, you know, half forward wing midfield. But he definitely looks like that classy type of midfielder. Oh, I should probably add Archer Reed as well, the younger brother of uh, Zach Reed, who's a key forward, 200 centimetres. <laughs> Had some really good games this year. And our NGA coming up in a couple of years, are we a little bit quiet on that front or is there, there is some talent coming through? Well, we had one of our NGA players play in the All-Stars game in uh, uh, Mamu Taha, who is a medium, small, small medium forward who can also play through the midfield. He's shown a, a few good signs. You've got Amin Name, who's another one who's about that 187-centimetre mark and play forward and a little bit down back. But it'll be the year after that we'll have the really good NGA players. You've got uh, little Isaac Kako, who's a, a little ripper. He's like a, a Shea Bolton type of uh, forward midfielder who's just got excitement. He jumps for his marks. He's really good at ground level. He was definitely the best performed small forward at the under-16 championships. Uh, so he's still He's not hard to miss. He's got the fancy hair. He's uh, winning best and fairest at his local team. Uh, and he also plays... Uh, uh, with uh, our other NGA guy, oh, I'll try and, try and get his name up if I can think of it, uh, Jaden Ewan. Uh, he's another smaller type, but very, very skillful, can play, again, forward, wing, down back. He was another one who really impressed for Vic Metro at the national championships. Okay, yeah, mate, that is that is great. And I know we're going to sort of wrap it up because we've been, well, we could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. But all of that is great. But I know everybody out there is going to want to know about Darren Buick's kid. Where is he at? <laughs> this is like the number one draft pick. Where is he at? Is How far away is he? And is he dominating? Uh, he just kicked a lazy three goals in the wet in the grand final that they won at uh, in under 14s, and he's an under 13, so okay, he's one of their best players. Up. So he's okay. quite a few years off. No, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You just got just a quiet uh, burn on uh, him. He didn't get best on grand, though. That actually went to Scott West, uh, uh, another young West Rigged. coming through. Rigged. So, but, and he's a good young player, too, but he's an age over uh, Kobe okay. Buick, so... He will be one to look after. But, yeah, uh, young Buick, uh, we will be having, I think he'll be in the, what, 14s next year. So I'll probably be able to see him again play when they do all the school school games because he'll be probably playing against the guys that I'll be looking at for Oakley. So uh, okay, we'll see how he goes there. But, yeah, to, to further recap what he's been done, he's just been winning best and fairest for fun, winning goal-kicking <laughs> things for fun. He's a midfielder. Yeah. Kicking all these goals as well, like he's a he's a medium tallish midfielder at the level he's at at the moment. So uh, he's not quite like his dad as that you know that crafty small forward. He's more of a, a tallish kind of midfielder who can go forward. He's just a class act. He was the captain of uh, Victoria's school football team in under twelves. Uh, so he's just a very highly credentialed and. A lot of highly credentialed kids at that age do go on to be good players. I mean, uh, Matt Rao was one, Nick Dacos was another, Sam Darcy was another player as well. So, yeah. And, of course, Elijah Sardis and Will Ashcroft, who went pretty early in this year's draft. So uh, 
I know it's only very, very early days on KB Buick, but I would be expecting pretty big things from him in a few years. Yes, that's what we want to hear. Nice way to wrap up, mate. Well, uh, it's, look, it, it was a great draft. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll just, uh, you know, to have the Wanganin and Davies and Mankara and Tip and Woody and, and you know, just to, you know, it's it's you know have Dean Rioli come on on the board. It's it's an exciting time, and it feels it does feel like there's a bit of change coming through and and a, a different vibe and a different feeling. So um, it is exciting to be a Bombers fan, as it's so much to look forward to. Uh, so thank you so much, Ed, for everything you've done this year for us, mate. You've mate, been a huge you. support. Yeah, uh, it's always good to be on and chatting about this kind of stuff. I mean, what well, feels like we've gone on for a fair while, and it's still I know. You know, it just went by that quickly. So, you know, talking footy with you guys, I mean, you guys have been so passionate in what you've put out through this year and uh, it's always a pleasure to be talking footy with you guys. Beautiful. Thanks, mate. And thank you to our listeners. Uh, you know, fantastic year. We've still got some stuff coming up. Like I know I've, I've, I'm going to a training session coming up soon, probably on Friday, I think. Um, I got permission from my manager. That was nice of him. Uh, so I'm going to go out to watch training. Uh, so we, you know, for the Patreons, we're going to do, try and do a few little training reports and a few of things like that coming up. So you can sort of, we can give you some feedback on how Sardis and, and, and things are going and how things are looking and, and the structures and how Brad Scott's sort of looking and communicating and what's happening. So we'll try and be a few eyes and ears uh, for, for the Patreons coming up. So you can feel free to join the Patreon at any time. So we, we did day night, day one and day two kind of nightly wrap-up reactions uh, this week. Uh, so you can check out those. So thank you, everyone, for uh, for listening Draft done. Go Bombers. And this is a Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast signing off. See you guys.